Hello, once again, it's Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your brother co-host, Thomas Dempsey. I'm your sister co-host, Elizabeth Connor. And we're coming in, uh, it's actually about like two weeks from the last one. Yeah, we're just sort of playing it as it lasts with uh, the end of the year. We were supposed to record this past weekend and life happened. Yeah, I think that's shut a up. fair assessment to say, right? Did you tell me to shut up? No, I was I was telling our listeners to shut up. Oh, okay. Like, you're not paying for this. What do you want? Because <laughs> <laughs> no. I like like I know me personally. Like last week, uh, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but a very close friend of ours has undergone a very sudden diagnosis and some very serious health problems very very quickly. So like. Right. Last Sunday, like, we had to go, like, we went and did all of our, like, normal Sunday stuff over at Brian's grandfather's house, but then we also had to get back over here a lot earlier than normal because we had signed up to take a meal um, to him and his family. Yeah. Because our church is doing this whole meal train thing. So I had to be sure to, like, so anyway, I, like, cooked them, like, a whole dinner. And uh, we took it over there, and we didn't get to see him, but we spoke to his wife, who obviously we're also very close friends with. Um, and it was good to talk to her and and kind of, you know, get, get some updates on him and stuff. And uh, so anyway, that was last Sunday, and then this week has basically been like, for me, it's been like choir rehearsal, doctor's appointments, dental appointments... And then my school, we did our first big program that we've ever done since I've been there, uh, and definitely since COVID. Uh, we did it yeah. on Thursday. It was kind of like, technically, it wasn't a Veterans Day program, but it was like a it was still a patriotic program. Okay. Uh, so we did it. We had two performances on Thursday. So now that is like done and out of the way, and I can now be busy with other stuff. <laughs> and I've been. Uh busy myself uh, with work and whatnot uh, Friday I had my ultrasound follow up to my physical that was the first for me I don't think I've ever had an ultrasound before pretty much just confirmed what they were going off of based of my lab results so looking like I'm going to have to get on a weight loss regimen okay. or something I'm still waiting to hear back from the doctor Okay. Uh, about that and uh yeah got thanksgiving coming up um trying to uh look and see what i can do with my days uh days off yeah i know i said that i should i could be able to get that friday off but now uh starting to look at like what's going on i know that the guy who i think would be the other potential coverage driver that day Mm -hmm. uh recently just had a child ah whether or not you know, like he's looking to spend that day with his family, I think is fair to take into account. Mm-hmm. But I've got like five and a half vacation days that I got to use before the end of the year. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, and then the other forty will roll over next year, so I'll technically have three vacation weeks. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I. It seems like general praxis is to use it to, like, extend your weekends since none of the drivers have to work Saturdays or Sundays. Right. So, like, if you're planning a trip somewhere or doing something, you just 
uh, take a Friday or a Monday off here and there. Yeah. Already put in for having my birthday off, which is on a Friday. Oh, that'll be nice. And uh, looking forward to that. Well, today, as of this recording, is the start of the Desert Bus for Hope charity stream, which, oh. uh, you don't know, is uh, an annual charity drive where the Loading Ready Run website like plays this video game on a live stream for a week straight mm -hmm. raising money for children's hospitals to get them like toys and stuff always something i look forward to and like to see it as much as i can when it rolls around so uh, we'll probably be keeping this one sh on the shorter end of things yeah i think we talked uh, ahead of time that we uh, had each only really focused on the reading for the assignment this week yeah <coughs> yep did you want to just get into that or did you have anything else you wanted to talk about no i really don't think so because i haven't really i haven't really been watching anything except sports and yeah so no i think i'm good to just get into it okay uh you want to tell the folks what i had us read yeah let me get it pulled up super quick um i've got my phone in my hand right here uh, so Thomas had us read the National Book Award winner, uh, Seven Empty Houses by Samantha Schweblin, um, translated by Megan McDowell. Uh, we have read Samantha Schweblin, um, this year, actually, on the podcast. We read Fever Dream back, oh, mm -hmm. was that over the summer? It was earlier in the year. Yeah, so. earlier in the year sometime. So this yeah. was not a novel. This was a short story collection. Um, and it was a, and when I say this is a short read, this is a short read. I read it in probably three hours. Yeah, it's only thirty-seven thousand words. Yeah, uh, it by was my count. very short. And I, uh, well, I sort of paced it out a bit more. I was able to read it fairly quickly as well. So yeah, so Thomas, what'd you think? I liked it. I think it was definitely similar and distinct from fever dream which i think is still probably my favorite thing by her yeah i feel like there are qualities to her writing style that even like through translation sort of are apparent like the those the emphasis on those qualities sort of varies from story to story yeah so i think there's bound to be preference for uh what stories sort of appeal to you mm -hmm. but they're all largely thematically the same yeah, I uh, was able to appreciate, like, the differences that they engaged in. Yeah. So I really enjoyed Fever Dream, but I think between the two that we've read, I think I actually preferred this one just because okay. the subject matter, I was able to relate to it better. Oh, sure. Because basically, and you can absolutely correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, like all of the stories in this book basically have a theme of like dealing with the elderly or of you know of like being in the caretaker role or of like an observation of someone getting older um and you know just having you know being currently acting as a caretaker and having been in the caretaker role or have been intimately acquainted with other people who have been in that role like it just i was just able to relate to it and to 
like easier to put myself into those situations. So because of that, I think I was better able to like absorb this work than maybe I necessarily was for fever dream. Okay. Well, yeah, I definitely, uh, engaged with it, uh, on that level as well. I don't feel like mental health and mental issues, uh, mental decline are definitely pervasive throughout the stories. Mm -hmm. Um, not always, uh, in immediately recognizable ways. Like, I feel like it's less the focus of the last two s- stories. It, it does take up so much of the start of the book, especially, like, the central story, which is far and away the longest, like, almost to the point where it's, like, half the book's length. That was the one about the old lady in the boxes, right? Yes. That was heartbreaking. Yeah, that was really That hard, was rough. hard. Yeah, that's definitely, I think, the... The standout just for like scope yeah and but uh i think each story sort of like stands out on its own like, yeah for uh, sure yeah now you you mentioned the last two stories i had to go get back into my copy of it because i'm not gonna lie like i finished like i read this on sunday when we were supposed to record or maybe saturday okay. no i read it saturday i didn't read it sunday um I read this on Saturday and, you know, in preparation of recording for Sunday. And then that just, we, life happens. And yeah. I was, so I was kind of like, what were the last two stories about? And I will say those two stories were a little, I don't know. They just felt like tacked on at the end. A bit. Uh, I think coming after that more substantial story uh, definitely has that effect. Yeah. I mean, I liked them. I mean, I really like the story with the with the little, you know, if we're talking about the two the last two stories, I really like the story of like the little girl and the, like having to go to the hospital and she meets a man yeah. who like helps her. Um, like I did like that story, but yeah, in hindsight, I was kind of like, yeah, those two didn't really seem to fit with the flow. Right, and but that I was do the penultimate story, whereas the final one was, I think, by far the most abstract. Uh, hard to pin down like a sense of place because yeah. it's about this woman like walking out seemingly on an argument with her uh, partner in their apartment and then just walking out into the city like in a bathrobe and uh, it's more like a tone piece like the uh, emotions that a person is feeling at a given moment and how that like affects their psychology yeah but so it's a, it's definitely interesting to read it's just not as sticky in terms of like it it almost feels more poetic yeah yeah i feel like it would be uh, a good uh short film yeah i could see that like you know like the the uh for the academy awards there is a category for short film right yes okay like i feel like i feel like if someone were to take the last story which is called out if someone were to take the yeah. last story of this collection and turn it into a short film, that it would do very well during award season. I could see that. Because it's conceptually the shortest story. Feels like uh, the one with the parents. Yeah. Because like that's almost... That's really like... It's only like 10 pages long. It really feels like it just covers like a matter of minutes. And it's about... A man who is clearly, like, going through a separation with his wife. Yeah. Uh, meeting her and her boyfriend at a cabin 
where their two children are and him bringing along his elderly uh, parents, parents who are dealing with dementia. And, like, when they get there, his parents, like, proceed to dis disrobe and play, begin playing out in the backyard. And then there's, like, a tension that emerges when it appears like the grandparents have abducted the children. That is a very confrontational story in terms of just like strikingness of the events the like the heightened tension like between the characters very much i think the most calling it aggressive feels weird because it doesn't like while there are like emotions that get raised it's not like vindictive or anything like that it's just very intense yeah whereas a lot of the other stories are more uh like slow in their revelations and in the way that they uh, explore the emotions of the characters. Because, mm -hmm. like, I really liked that first story about the young girl driving around with her mother, like, just visiting houses and neighborhoods and her mom's sort of disassociations during this process. Yeah, I like that one, too. It's a good indication, and granted, there's only, like, seven stories, as the title implies, but I think it's a good indication that there's something about each story that you can kind of latch on to. Mm -hmm. So, like, we've talked about five so far, and the other two, which uh, I think might be, like, the least, like, standout. Yeah. Was the one about the neighbors who are constantly throwing their child's clothes into the yard. Oh, that one was hard, too. That That's about a uh, the neighbors of an elderly couple who's, like, had a deceased child and the wife keeps trying to get rid of the child's belongings but the husband keeps bringing them back into the house and the neighbors are just sort of like have this like cohabital relationship to this dynamic mm -hmm. there was that and then there was the story about the woman and this was like the to my understanding the only story that makes explicit reference to like geographical locations because I feel like throughout much of the book, even though this book was written by a Spanish author and I think is set takes place in Spain, this is the only one that really feels like it makes explicit reference to like cities or to like where the story oh, is yeah. set. So it, it's about a uh, a wife living with her mother-in-law and then going out uh, to run an errand and then just sort of like going off on her own in a sort of parallel to a story that the mother-in-law was telling about when the time she uh, left her husband yeah so that was a very striking story i think again in terms of mood samantha schweblin's very good at of an evocation of feeling in her books mm -hmm. even as like the plot is sort of abstract yeah so question because now, because yeah. now, like between the two of us, we've basically summarized all seven stories. Do you think? I, and after after summarizing them, kind of realizing that there is, in fact, like maybe a trend going through all of them. I guess it would just be that I feel like the presence of like dissatisfaction, yeah, is very present that. in each of the stories. And granted, all the circumstances are extremely different. But if you had to, if you had to name a similarity, then I would say it's like dissatisfaction. Yeah, it's definitely like people 
like be it the daughter in the first story the yeah that is an interesting concept and in the story with like the husband and his parents it's more like the husband like not being there for his family in a way mm -hmm. or like the again that's sort of what makes it what feels like a confrontational thing is that you're not really made to sympathize with any of the characters yeah like and the children and the grandparents being innocents are really the only ones who come out uncomplicated despite mm -hmm. the circumstances that they're in right. so yeah it's a very interesting take on the material there but yeah with stories of characters like leaving home or like being resigned to their homes and their place in life i think dissatisfaction and disaffection are definitely key mm -hmm. uh, focuses yeah settled on this book when i walked past it in a bookstore and saw that it had like the national book award mm -hmm. stamp on it it is like it won for like work of translation yeah i want to say and knowing samantha schweblin from the previous book that's what sort of and also i'll admit the brevity of the book i think was a an appealing prospect yeah but i'm really glad uh i settled on it yeah i am too yeah i really enjoyed it uh did you have any other like uh elements that you wanted to talk about um i not really i guess the only thing i would say is if you are looking to maybe dip your toe into the world of short story collections this is a good one because of the brevity and the number because you know sometimes like a short story collection like sometimes there's like almost 20 stories yeah and this one that is it's got seven so you can either read it straight through like i did or you could do it like i know you've said you've done in the past where like you just pick a story that you haven't read and you just read that one and you kind of like skip around sure um i think this is a good one to start with i think so too so that was the one book either of us had read for this week i know you said you'd um started another one yeah so i'm gonna try to make this as brief as possible so i have started another one and i'm not going to talk about it today i'm going to talk about it on the next episode but basically i'm starting to get back into I feel like I feel like the reading bug is has bitten me again and that I'm going to start picking up with my reading more than I have been because I've been kind of trying to do this like uh finance like personal finance journey and like really like sit down and like take into account like what comes in what goes out debt and all that kind of stuff and uh anyway in, in making some personal realizations and trying to come up with ways that, you know, hey, what are some things I can do to keep myself entertained that don't cost money? Hey, you're already paying for a Kindle Unlimited subscription. You might as well use it. You've got all these books at the house. You might as well read them. Yeah. I feel like the feel like the reading bug is has bitten me and that I'm going to be picking up with my reading while I'm simultaneously going through this other personal journey. Okay. And I don't mean to say any of that to be like hipsterish or like better than anybody. It's just something I'm going through, so thought yep. I'd share. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh definitely gonna be needing to do that myself. Um 
there was this one TikTok channel I came across a while back that was premised on the uh, idea that this person had all these books that they hadn't read. Mm-hmm. So what they did was at the start of the year, they took all those books and they wrapped them all in brown paper and numbered them. Yeah. And then they had a jar with slips of paper with all of the numbers written down on it that they would reach into and pull out every time they wanted to start a book. And based on whatever number they pop- pulled out, that was the book they read. So it was like just sort of a blind pool from their own personal library. I saw that. I've seen that channel. It's really kind of genius. And there was also, like, the, that creator also did something pretty, pretty clever, like... Because somebody asked, well, what do you do about series? Like, how do you keep from reading a series out of order? Yeah. And, like, anyway, her answer, it was it was pretty genius. I think it was, like, if she had a series that she hadn't read, then, like, the first book would get, like, the number and then maybe a letter. So it would be, like, I don't know, 24A or something. Yeah. And then all the subsequent books after that would be labeled, like, B, C, D, however many books are in the series. Sure. That sounds good. I feel pretty good about how things are going. I can't, You want to know about your bingo card? Oh, yeah. You got one. Oh, I got a bingo? Yep. Yay! And you are one away from getting another one. Okay, so I've gotten two bingos, right? Okay, you've got one, two, yes. Okay, and then this, and then the book we read counts as your National Book Award winner, right? Yes. That's okay. uh, and I'm assuming you're using that for this one as well. Yes, correct. Right. So you got a bingo last week, and you got another or last episode. You've got another bingo this time, so you nice. also have two bingos. Okay, that looks sounds good. Uh, as far as word totals go, uh, the, the, like I said, the this book's only thirty-seven thousand words. Yeah. So I added it to mine and. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm basically up from 93% of my 2021 word total to 94%. Um, I went from 52.2 to 52.5%. Okay. So, oh, something else I wanted to mention, because I, so I am like awful about keeping my Goodreads reading challenge updated. Mm-hmm. And... I am not saying that, and like, I don't even think this is an accurate number. I need to go through the list and double check. But anyway, so I took some time to like update my Goodreads challenge like last weekend. And, uh, I could, and because it was sitting at like 30 something books that I've read for the year, which is not true. So anyway, after, if I, once I add seven empty houses, I will have read 74 books for the year. Okay. Now my goal—that's how many books I've read. Look at that. Now my goal was 157, and I don't think that's going to okay. happen between now and December 31st. Yeah. But, yeah. So I'm sitting. I'm sitting pretty at 74 books. Okay. Well, like I said, this has been a pretty uh, compact episode of the show. Oh, um, did we want to get into the reading challenge for not next episode, but the next one? Yes, we do need to settle on that now. Okay, so I've got a book selected because it's going to be my turn to assign one. Yes. Okay, so we so for not next episode, but the episode after that, we are going to be reading The Alchemist by Paolo 
Colo? Yes. Is that how you say his name? Yes. Okay. Have you already read this book? I, um, yes. Oh, crap. Um. What was the, was there a theme you were looking to get it? I was, honestly, I was looking at the bingo card and I wanted to fill in the, the South American one because he's from Brazil. Okay, because I've already done South American, so. Oh, well, uh, then I was going to be selfish and just make sure that I got that one filled. Well, that's fine. Uh, I was going to say with the, I know with the final month, we don't really focus as much on reading challenges specific. Uh-huh. So, uh, and we both still have like six or seven, or actually I'm looking at mine. You've got eight reading challenges still to complete on your bingo card. Yeah. Uh, you've got novella, essay collection, mystery, book published before 1950, uh, 500 page, Pulitzer Prize winner, Booker Prize winner, and book from Asia. Okay. So do I, so did I already get the South American one filled? Yeah, uh, huh. Yeah, I've got you here marked for already having done South America. What was my book? I've got, yeah, you have Fever Dream. Oh, huh, okay. Yeah, because it was published in South America. Oh, that's right. So, so you don't, okay, so you're missing a book from South America. Yes. Okay. So I need historical fiction i need uh 500 plus pages i need south american i need booker prize winner national book award winner book from this year and lgbtqia plus you said national book award winner yes okay but that that one's taken care of because we read this one. Oh right okay so okay. uh so that's one so you have uh, two, six. Three. Okay. Yeah, so we you can... Um, so I'll be good to talk about The Alchemist for your episode if you want. Okay. And I, I could always go back and revisit because it's not a very long read. Okay. Again, uh, the book that we're reading for next episode is uh, Against the Loveless World. Mm-hmm. By uh, Susan Abulhawa. Okay. I uh, thank you again for talking to us, Elizabeth. Yep. Thank you for talking to me. So you want to let people know where they can find us? Yeah. So you can find us on our social media sites. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Literally Club at Your Words Podcast. And you can also email us a comment, suggestion, or question to Your Words to Your Words Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you. I hope you do, too. Is it uh, raining roundabout where y'all are? Yeah. It's, like, rainy and cold and... Yeah. It's looking like the rest of the week's going to be like that, more or less. Yeah. Which we've been needing the rain. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've uh, had some deliveries out towards Lake Hartwell this week, and you can really tell from the water level there that we're in a bit of a drought. Yeah. But uh, yeah, y'all just keep dry, stay warm, and look care, take care of yourself. All right, sounds good. All right, good talking with you. You uh, too. Everybody, thank you for listening, and as always, this is part of the show where we say goodbye. Goodbye.